Maybe you've thought about this. I don't know. But have you ever wondered why people come to church? Or take the time to find the first Congo YouTube channel to worship with us virtually? Have you ever wondered why the person near you has come to church this morning? Or your neighbor who may be worshiping with us or their own church? I mean, naturally, we think about that a lot, and we talk about that a lot, and most days we end up concluding that there are probably as many reasons for coming to church as there are people present in the sanctuary or online. For some people, it's a habit, right? Maybe instilled in your childhood. Some people come sort of as a moral obligation, maybe a path, on, a step on the path to becoming, in their own mind, a better person. Some are here to set an example for their children. Others long for a deeper relationship with God. And some are here this morning, perhaps, whether online or in the sanctuary, because they need a life preserver, and they need to keep themselves afloat. Each and every one of those is a good and valid reason, and yet there may be one that I want to suggest as well that sort of brings all of them together. We come together for worship out of a hunger for companionship, for friendship, for community in Christ's name. Simply put, we need each other. Some of us come to worship or a small group or a book study to talk about what it's like to be a faithful parent or to care for an aging parent. Maybe you're here to understand how to use your gifts in retirement or to strike a more mindful balance between work and family. I mean, you get the idea. More reasons than we can name. It may be that we simply are seeking a path in life and a Christian community and God's love can be a map for the journey. We have an annual meeting that directly follows worship this Sunday morning where we will work together on that very map. We will hear from our mission ministry, from our finance and properties ministries. We'll hear a report on our journey as a congregation to continue and deepen our inclusion and hospitality to stranger and friend alike. Our annual meeting is a map, a guide for our future. And yet we will gather for that meeting understanding full well that none of us can predict the future. Not every challenge can be anticipated. I promise you, two years ago, on the 133rd annual meeting, there was no pandemic in sight in our planning. And yet, working on that map together, discerning God's vision for who we are called to be together, working on that map like all journeys reminds us that in the end, the hard work of getting from here to wherever we're going is mostly up to us. And yes, there are some obstacles and some challenges to any church's future, and you've heard me share some of them before. But one of my concerns about our nation's faith communities is that study after study has shown something, and I have shared this with you before, but I've been thinking about it a lot recently. But those studies show that churches, individual congregations, continue, continue to grow ever more like-minded and 90% of them are shrinking. 
A few years ago, I read a book entitled The Vanishing Neighbor, and it was worrisome, but had some hope in it as well. But it was mostly about the changing nature of community, faith communities in particular, and how communities are evolving because of technology and social media. And at the time, the author's premise was considered somewhat counterintuitive, but has now been confirmed time and time again. The author acknowledged that social media and technology can be extremely valuable to communities. It can broaden our reach. I mean, who would have imagined what a role live streaming would be playing in our congregation today and will continue to going forward? But what the author suggested, which was considered counterintuitive just five or seven years ago, is that social media and technology actually narrow our horizons as well. And they do so by connecting us more and more with those who have a similar and thus same narrow interest and perspectives. And of course, now that's called the big sort. And this is how the big sort has changed church landscapes. Congregations used to, studies showed this time and time again, used to assemble memberships with diverse theological, social, and political opinions. But as I said, every study has shown, and this holds true for younger adherents as well, that now there is a desire to be with like-minded folk in the church. People prefer to attend churches where they can be with others who agree with them politically, socially, and theologically. And frankly, I think that's one of the reasons 90% of America's churches are in numeric decline. And I shared with you once about five years ago that sociologists said that in the next 20 years, um, when you look at demography, the demographics of churches, that in the next 20 years, 50%, 5-0, of all Protestant churches in America will close. The pandemic collapsed that. And it will happen much more quickly than that. I'm going to suggest to you that being like-minded is, is an ingredient for failure and self-absorption as a congregation. But what is a path forward? Is to be like-hearted. That is a foundation for a faithful discernment of who we are called to be. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. He didn't say, love those who you like or agree with. So here's my hunch about us, the first congregational church. We still, most of us, continue to prefer a family of faith that is not like-minded, but we desire to be like-hearted about God's love. I mean, our new motto, new motto, is to be diverse in thought, united in Christ. And given that characteristic, one consultant a few years back described us as a Magi congregation. I always loved that, a Magi congregation. The Magi are, you know, the wise men who began a journey and followed a star to the birth of love. Magi congregations are those that are not adverse to the wandering aspect of our faith. They grasp the concept, if there are two or three hundred people in worship here or online, that there are two or three hundred reasons for being here. A hallmark of a Magi congregation is that it values thoughtful discussion about faith and society from many perspectives. 
which means we do seek still to be like-hearted and not like-minded. When I read that description of our church, that's what I thought of, that painting that hangs in our parlor. I thought of that montage of our church put together by our watercolor class a few years ago. I shared it one time before, but I said to you, it's emblematic, I think, of who we are. It's emblematic of a congregation that is diverse in thought, but united in Christ. I mean, you look at that and you know right away, that is our church. But look at it closely, and not a single one of those 20 perspectives is exactly the same. Not one of the contributions has the same color tones or hues. Sure, you recognize the trees, but each tree, even the same tree, is painted uniquely and differently. And not everything lines up. The walls of the roof are not plumb. Look closely at the tower. It's askew. And who could imagine that something as mundane as our front lawn could be seen with such diversity of color? We do not see the world the same. We are not like-minded about everything, and we, we don't need to be. And because we don't need to be, I would suggest to you that that is one of the reasons that, excuse me, that we are still a growing and vital Christian community. We welcomed 44 new members in 2021. We welcomed another 45 in 2020. Diverse in thought, yet we still seek to be like-hearted and united in Christ. Like-hearted in our generosity towards one another and in hospitality and inclusion to our neighbors and the strangers who are both known and unknown to us. Like-minded, not likely, but like-hearted, absolutely. And thank God. So as we imagine our future together, discern who God is calling us to be, we should ask what? What will hold us together? What will be the tie that binds us when we don't agree with one another? You heard me say at the very beginning of the sermon that we come to this time of worship for myriad reasons. But in the end, that we gather virtually or in person out of a desire for companionship, friendship, community in Christ. We gather recognizing that we are diverse in thought, but united in the love of Christ. May it be so. Amen.